Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thank you so, so much for watching us today or listening to us. Uh, my name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined today on the show by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello. And uh, he's joining us in Pennsylvania. I am based out of South Dakota. Thank you so much for listening. Again, go to trdshow.net. That's our show's website. You can find a list of links to all of uh, the many places we're on. And by the way, I highly encourage doing that because someday we will be censored. Uh, just like we were on YouTube. We're going to get censored on all sorts of platforms, most likely. That's what's happening. That seems to be the trend nowadays. So we consider it a nice feather in our cap to get kicked out of YouTube. But um, hey... It's not great if you can't get our content. So go to trdshow.net, follow us on Rumble, follow our Gab page. By the way, if you're not a follower on Gab, go to gab.com. Andrew Torba, guy who created Gab, fantastic, solid Christian. Look at some of his posts. Um, a lot of it is actually things that we really agree with, and he's talking about creating a parallel economy. He's talking about a lot of the things when we talk about the confessional county. Andrew Torba has talked a lot about that. So he's got a lot of really great stuff. Try and support, help out, support his platform. Go to gab.com slash TRD show. Follow us. Get access to our content as well. We've got verse images and all sorts of cool stuff. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we do respond to those emails, just like our last Friday episode last week was a response to an email we got uh, last week. So if you were that email sender, Gabriel, thank you so much for your email again. Um, today is Current Events Monday. We've got some crazy stuff to talk about, breakdown from a biblical perspective. Before we get into all of that, though, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And our verse this week is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Uh, and it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. Again, that's Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. So, wow, there's a lot in this verse. This is really going to play well into our conversation on Friday, our Friday episode, um, our discussion topic. But, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Those are three um, verbs. Those are three different things that someone can do. They can walk, they can stand, they can sit. Um, that really stood out to me. You know, this is, this is kind of all-encompassing. Whether you're walking, whether you're standing, whether you're sitting, be mindful of the people that you are around. Especially here, walk not in the counsel of the wicked. Uh, stands in the way of sinners. I think this is kind of, this. you could misinterpret this to mean, oh, don't stand in the way of sinners. Let them do what they let them do what they're going to do. But this is not actually what this means. This is talking about standing in, you can imagine a, a way being like a path or an avenue or a road. So it's the, the, the road of sinners, that are the place where sinners go to congregate, standing on that road of sinners, standing there on purpose, standing there because you want to be around them, not to spread the gospel, but to be around sinful people. So you can start picking up those sorts of habits, right? But that's the first part. The second part, I think we need to remember, and especially for our conversations, really in, in all things, but especially we're going to talk about current events today. And I, I'd like to draw this into some of my conversations around that. But his delight, this is the man, blessed, this is the blessed man who doesn't do these things, who doesn't stand with sinners, who doesn't walk in their counsel, who doesn't sit in the seat of the scoffers. The man who doesn't do those things delights in the law of the Lord. That's his delight. That's where he goes for these things. Not to sinners, not to walk and be around sinners, 
unless of course you are evangelizing to them and you're changing them. Um, but our delight should be in the law of the Lord. We should be meditating on this day and night. I mean, when we talk about the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that means no other gods. Nothing should be ahead of God, the one true God. We can't put other things in our life ahead of God. We are all guilty of this. Certainly me. I mean, it is so hard to do this because unfortunately it goes directly against our sinful nature. And this is something all of us need to remember. You know, meditating on God's law day and night is something we should be in the habit of doing. And I think all of us can say, especially me, can say, we need, I need to be more in the law than I am. And I think all of us, if we're being honest, can admit that we all should be reading God's word and, and devoting more of our time to that. Um, so there's a lot more we could talk about, but I think that sums up this verse pretty well. So Jake, anything you'd like to add before we move on? No, no, not this. All right. Well, with that, actually, I'm going to pass it on over to you to talk about our first piece of current events for this week. Take it away. All righty. So I'm first going to talk about how we have seen gas prices skyrocket within the past year or so, maybe a little bit less than a year. Oh, yeah. But um, but now former Vice President Biden has a solution. <laughs> Great. So Don't you're worry, telling we're me all Sleepy be Joe fine. Rolled... He has a solution. Yeah, we're gonna be good. He rolled out of his basement just long enough to speak some fairly incoherent words. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. What does Dementia Joe have to say? Well, the the headline reads, and this is from, uh, I have multiple, multiple articles, but this is from the top article from The Blaze, but the headline reads, Biden threatens to use federal government tools and emergency authorities to force oil companies to lower <laughs> gas prices. Wow. Because, and, and this is all from the standpoint of, we're in the middle of a war uh -huh. with Ukraine. Well, not with Ukraine, <laughs> that, but that we're... We're, we're in the middle of war times, yeah. so this right. is the emergency that, that he's causing <laughs> him to have wow. all these powers. Wow. Um, but going into this, what, what this is looking like is Biden in this past week sent a letter to all gas companies demanding they first increase production and second lower prices, which, you know, s supply and demand, they would have to first increase the production in order to lower the prices but I, I think the the main thing is that he's forcing these companies Ugh. to yep increase production and lower prices yep and what i find interesting from this is that the entirety of biden's campaign trying to get into becoming the president which he still isn't the president <laughs> but Oh, yeah, hey, totally off track. But did you see that post from Dinesh D'Souza talking about how uh, Texas is literally the GOP convention of Texas? Massive group of people is now saying mm -hmm. the certified election results are falsified and we're actually going to work to decertify them. Nice. I was well, like, that's wait, good. what? That's good. That is yeah. cool. First of all, why did it take you so long? Also, yeah. <laughs> also, because it's not gonna. Cool. We're not gonna be able to get Trump back in. Right. Right. But it's just. I don't know that we would for the next. want to either at this point. No. Like, no. Eh, can we get better here? Can we get Certainly somebody not. with actual, you know, no. principles and scruples? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> totally right. I was going, really excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds very exciting. But going back into this. 
Biden's whole campaign was built upon him getting rid of oil and drilling. Yep. On federal land. Yeah. During the debate. I mean, the debate with Trump. That was the thing he brought up. And Trump was like, did you hear that? Did anybody else hear that? He just said he's going to shut down oil production. Did did nobody else hear that? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and even more so, it's, it's like the federal government, even while it should not hold this power, owns a large portion of drilling Mm. land. And Biden has kicked gas slash oil companies off of it. Wow. Really? And now, and then, and then he wants to say, okay, now increase production. <laughs> and then he gets rid of the pipeline, too. Yep. And then he says, increase production. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how they've made themselves, like, the civil government has made itself the self-appointed economic guardian, if you will, mm-hmm. to ensure that things are running smoothly and ensure that, you know, uh, right. they talk all the time about adopting economic policies. We need better economic policies. I hear it all the time on the right, too. It's the stupidest thing. It's like, uh, here's your economic policy. Stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got an idea. Yeah. How about you do nothing? Because it's not your job. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to I have heard a lot of people in their opinions on what this could be about. Why is he doing this and all of this? But I I think, right, he's looking to cover himself by saying he tried to tell the gas companies to lower their prices, but they're not listening, you know, yep. Yep. like like he was trying to do with Abbott. Yeah. Um, or no, that was that he was trying to say that, oh, it was um, it was DeSantis. He was trying to say something about DeSantis that DeSantis wouldn't allow him to do this certain thing. And so, and basically the principle is that DeSantis is not allowing him, so therefore he can't do anything about it. So, yeah, I think it's the same thing here, right? That, oh, we, we tried to push the gas companies to create more oil. We're trying to lower the gas prices, right. but they don't want to listen to us. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. But going and back that, to that whole oh. thing is just a complete mess. You know, within mm. that, that whole economic structure of gas companies, they've been so subsidized by the civil government that at this point, they're not a private entity. They're and basically that's, a And that's another entity. point that I want to get yeah, into. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ahead of you. No, yeah. But first of all, right, coming to this point, um, government should not have the ability, right, to first of all push these um, gas and oil companies mm. to do this. They yeah. shouldn't have that power. Yep. And I think the emergency powers have just gone way out of proportion, way overblown as yes. to what they can do. Yes. Um, but then even another thing is that gas companies, and this is what you were ta- just talking about, gas companies are receiving a lot of money, f- uh, a lot of government money, right? Yep. Ga- and... To which I want to bring the biblical principle in saying that gas companies have now made a contractual agreement with the government, right? So now, and it's this is the same problem with the public schools. So now the government can tell them what they what they need to do. Yep. yep. Right. They can push whatever they want the gas companies to do. Yeah. And again, this this kind of goes into schools because now all these schools are getting government money. Mm. And what does that mean? Now the government can tell them what curriculum they want them to use. Yep. 
Yep. They're getting all the money. They're giving all the money. Yeah. That's where that whole school choice, the whole like school choice, like, oh, okay, well, we, and and this is pushed on the Republican side too, the conservative side, our side, if you will. Right. That, oh, you know, government schools are bad. Let's give the money to the family instead. So the family can then decide which school to send their kids to, which, if you don't think about it too much, sounds like a great idea, right? Right. Oh, sweet. They're not going to send their kids to the government school. I know a lot of families have said we can't do anything else but send them there because it's free. It's not free, but they say it's free. And the church hasn't given us money, so we have to send them there so they can at least learn something. And we have to right. work two jobs, all this garbage, right? So it's like, oh, great. This gives them another option, all this stuff, right? But for the reasons you've just stipulated, that money that follows the kids is the, the strings also following the kids, <laughs> The tentacles of the civil government, that monster that it's become, those tentacles are now sliming like their ways now into all those schools that the money follows the kids and the tentacles go with the tentacles go with it. (laughs) Right. Right. Same with the companies you're describing. Yeah. And I just want to set up this point. And this was another opinion that I've heard a lot of people have is that they're trying to create lawlessness. They're Mm. trying to create this divide and they're trying to make things confusing. Right. To which I want to bring up and combining that with also talking what I was just talking about, making a contractual agreement right with the government. We look at second Corinthians six 14, which says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Mm. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Yeah. Right? It's saying, as Christians, if you own a Christian gas company, do not take that money from the government. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're making a contractual agreement, and then, therefore, they can tell you whatever they want you to do. Yeah. And... This is why this is okay for them to force the gas companies to increase production. Mm. Right? This is what gives them that power to yes. say that. Yes. And this is yet another reason why, you know, we talk all the time about biblical civil government, what that looks like. We also talk about how God's principles have very positive effects on culture. We don't mm-hmm. do them just because they have positive effects. We do them because we're commanded to by God. But because God is the perfect creator of the universe, because he's created all of this, and he's now told us how to live within his creation, it makes sense. It would follow that the one who created it would know best how to run it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when God yeah. tells us not to allow civil government to tax people over 10%, and that if they're taxing over 10%, it is judgment on a nation. I think Second Samuel chapter 8, I think, right. talks about right. that. This is a great example of that. Civil government should not have the money to be able to do these sorts of things. They should have a very, very small sum of money, smaller than what God gets, which is 10%. That's what the church, when you tithe, which is vitally important, it's less than what God gets is how much the civil government should get. So that they can't do things like this. They can't be in charge of the economy. They can't be in charge of education. They can't be in charge of any of these things except for being what God created them to be, which is the justice yeah. division of society and mm-hmm. a very limited scope of defense. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, rant over. <laughs> no, yeah. And actually, I was just about to pass it back to you. But <laughs> the final point is do not make contractual agreements with government. Yeah. And 
what really specifically this verse is saying with unbelievers, mm. right? Do not have fellowship, or or what fellowship has light with darkness? Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting perspective, and I hadn't heard that verse tied into this before. So that's that's really good. Cool. Well, thank you, Jake, for for bringing mm-hmm. that up and and sparking that conversation. I think that's that's really good to talk about. And yeah. you know that actually plays pretty well into what I want to talk about as well. So there we go. We'll segue into that. Alrighty. Um. So my headline is group of senators. Group of senators, including ten Republicans, announced breakthrough on gun control deal. So. That's terrifying because <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't see anywhere in uh, the description of civil government, the justice division of society. I, I just don't see in that description where it says they can control whether or not we have weapons. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I just don't see it there. Anyways, um, also the founding document of this country that was at least in part based on scripture. Uh, the Articles of Confederation were based more on Scripture than the Constitution, but the Constitution still has a lot of foundational uh, foundational material in Scripture. Tells us that we have a Second Amendment right, so what the heck is this? Um, this is directly from the article. A bipartisan group of senators on June 12th announced a legislative package of gun control measures that include more resources for mental health needs, school safety, and more. So, oh yay, so exciting. That just sounds... So great. The plan calls for an enhanced review process for younger gun buyers. For buyers under 21 years of age, the plan requires an investigative period to review juvenile and mental health records, including checks with state databases and local law enforcement, according to their statement. The bill will also provide support for state crisis intervention, protections for domestic violence victims, funding for school-based mental health and supportive resource uh, supportive services, investment in children and family mental health services, classification of the definition of federally licensed firearms dealers, penalties for straw purchasing, and the list goes on and on and on. It's almost as long as a CVS receipt. It is insane. <laughs> this is what it looks like. When you live in a nation under judgment, this is what it looks like when civil government has not only forgotten what its duty is, but actively opposes it. This is what happens when they decide they are God. Let's talk about motivations here on our side. And I put that in air quotes because we're supposed to fit into this right, uh, conservative, you know, Republican era, right? People who talk like us, okay? That's supposedly our side, but I'm going to talk about why they're not. To many conservative ears, this sounds wrong. Uh, It sounds like a ridiculous overreach on the part of our civil government, right? So many people are going to be outraged and are outraged, rightly so, about this. They're just like, how could they do this? Second Amendment, blah, blah, blah. They've been doing this for, I mean, honestly, They've been doing this for decades on the right. This is a common occurrence is, oh, one of these things pops up and everyone gets up, you know, upheaval and then just dies out, right? Um, They might buy a few more guns and call it quits. They're right to be, like, to go crazy over it. That's right. But do we know why this is wrong? Or are we basing that judgment on our own feelings and personal beliefs about how our civil government should be run? Is it a generational thing? Is it, oh, back in the 60s, we, this was never a problem and we got to get back to that good old time. That was a, you know, I have sentimental feelings about how I grew up in this era and it was all nice and great and all of this stuff, right? Is that what you're basing your ideas 
of a well-functioning society on? Is it sentimentality? Is it, oh, I have a nice mm. feeling when I hear, um, for instance, Social Security? So these same Republicans will be all up in arms if if suddenly they're saying the you know fake President Biden says we're going to cut Social Security. They would all be like, oh yeah. no, you can't do that. That's how I get paid. Like they're <laughs> so reliant. Again, that's a sentimental feeling. That's how civil government. They just want it to be like it was. They want it to be like it was. That's their motivation. Let's take away the atheists in the conservative movement for a moment. Let's take away the atheists. Let's let's ask the ask the Christians. Do you, as a Christian, know why this is wrong? Do you know why, as Christians, you should be standing against these kinds of civil governmental overreaches? Or do you think like atheists and have the same exact sentimental feelings and so that's what you rely on? Are you the ultimate standard or is God's word the ultimate standard? That's what this comes down to. I think, unfortunately, the answer is that most Christian Americans do not truly know why these things are wrong. They just don't, for all the reasons I, I just outlined. Many might point to the Constitution or even historical examples of overreach in other countries or our own prior to the War for Independence, right? So they might be like, well, <clears throat> I can talk from history and I can show you how countries that have given up their guns look at Australia, look at, I think, Venezuela, look at China, look at all of these places. Well, I don't know if China ever had them in the first place. I think they did. I don't know. It follows that they were probably disarmed at some point, and that's why they're under the oppression that they are now. So you can look at history. That's what we're going to rely on history. As a Christian, does that raise any red flags? <laughs> no pun intended. Any red flags for you when you hear yourself saying, we're going to rely on history? What, what do you think, Jake? <laughs> like um yeah yeah i mean totally yeah to me i do think history is is a huge part yeah well but but it definitely should be first based on the bible yes and then i think taking that and history again much like science is a tool yep which we use in order to understand how things are supposed to work exactly right like like the um the the phrase um, if we do not history, we are. If we do not know history, we are doomed to repeat it, right? Yeah, those who so, don't learn from the mistakes of the past are doomed to repeat them. Yep. Yeah. And and so I think that's a great tool for us yeah. to use. Right? Yeah. History, but we need to take it from a biblical understanding. Yes. Right. Yes. The we see history, right? We see oh, they made this. And, and this goes actually back to what Gary DeMar was saying about pragmatism, mm. right? Yeah, we're good just point. Trying, we're trying all these different things, right? And, oh, did it work? No, it didn't work. Okay, let's <laughs> yeah. try something else. Right, right. Instead of understanding, oh, why didn't it work? Right. It didn't work because we're not following God. Yes, right? yes. And we're not following his, his rules. Also, also, that's one of the things where... We need to understand that structuring a society is different than, for instance, making a cup of coffee for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'll try it with a little more sugar. I'll try it with a little more milk. Yeah. I'll try it this way. I'll examine it under a microscope and get the mixture of caffeine to everything else just exact, right? And prag- prag- using pragmatism, just like you just mentioned, I'll figure out a, a really good approach to this. Right. Is that right. society? Or? No. Did God tell us exactly how to do it? And that's why we should do it. Right. <laughs> right? right. Um, and you can look at history 
like Karl Marx did, and come up with a completely wacko approach called Marxism, which goes directly against scripture, but according to his view of history, looked like it would be great. You can look at science and see everything that a Christian sees, but you can do what Charles Darwin did and do it without God, and well, pretend like you're trying to do it without God, and come away with an entirely wacko, unreality-based opinion and belief that he couldn't yeah. even prove, right? No. Science, history, Jacob's exactly spot on. They're both tools. When our foundation are tools and not the unchanging, infallible word of God, we have a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, this is a perfect example of a major failing on the part of one of the other governments in our nation, the church. Civil government is not just alone here. The church is on equal footing with it, or should be. The church is meant to be shepherding their congregations and teaching them how to apply all of scripture to all of life. Let me ask you something, and you can answer this too, Jake. Is civil government part of life? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I, I think it is. Certainly. <laughs> If it exists, yeah. if it is part of our society, part of our way of living, then it's part of life and the Bible speaks to it. We talked right. about on Friday, Abraham Kuyper's quote, there's not a square inch in this life, in this realm, where Christ doesn't scream mine. Everything mm. in this world belongs to Christ. And as such, he, as king of it all, has given us decrees on how to rule it. So I want, I want that quote on a t-shirt. I know. Yes, we should make a limited edition abraham kuyper shirt that would be really yeah. cool yeah. Hey, if you'd be interested in that as the audience send us an email at trdshowprotonmail.com we would love to hear from you <laughs> um so and that that issue that all of scripture for all of life right yep. we can say that right as christians we can say that we can maybe believe it for a little bit but then when you actually start trying to apply it and you go to the little things that they think Oh, this doesn't apply to me. Yeah. And yeah, but but it does, right? And and so much of your life, I would say all of your life is affected by God. Mm. And will be affected by your belief system. Yes. Whether that be an atheistic belief system or a biblical belief system. Yeah. Because even some Christians have an atheistic belief system when it comes to certain things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Really good point. Really good point. Um, yeah. So this kind of brings me to, to the end of my rant. <laughs> um, and I want to talk about the judicial law. This is how, and we talked about this in our Friday episode last week. So if you missed that episode, go back and check it out. The three laws, the three types of laws. The third one was the judicial law. So what is the judicial law? Last week we talked about how the judicial law contains principles for structuring society. They're principles for structuring society. A common theme throughout those principles is that the civil government does not get involved until a biblical crime has been committed. I'm going to restate that. A common theme throughout those principles is that the civil government does not get involved until a biblical crime has been committed. What does that mean? There's there's so much there, and we really probably should spend a whole discussion episode just breaking down some of these laws because there's so much in them. But the essence of this is that we're not libertarians 
in the sense that we just want people to do whatever they want to do and civil government only rarely gets involved. We're partially that, but we define biblical crimes very differently than they do. For instance, gay marriage is a crime, biblically mm -hmm. speaking. That is wrong. And that abortion. is when civil... Abortion. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there are lots of things that libertarians would not say are crimes that we would because we're basing this on scripture, right? So prior to 2000, was it 2004 when the gay marriage stuff, 2009, somewhere around there. It was actually recently, more recent than you'd think. I mean, I've grown up kind of my whole life that I can remember that it's been acceptable legally. Um, but then I was just researching it and I'm realizing that, oh, wow, this is actually a recent occurrence that gay marriage is allowed legally in America. That's, wow, crazy how we've fallen so quickly. But that is an example 2015. of- 2015. Wow. You're kidding me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, gonna, in one, was it in the one Obergder, state. Obergderfell, Obergderfell or something like that? Yes, yes. So in the landmark case in 2015, uh, 2015 case, Obergderfell versus mm. Hodge. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in 2004 was the first state. I uh, knew 2004 fell in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Because we're going to talk about that on Wednesday with Matthew Truella's book. That's why that was in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks for researching that, Jake. That's that's good yeah. to know. Get our facts straight. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we don't want to be censored because we got the facts wrong. Um, right. All right. right. Yeah. So so biblical biblical crime, when a biblical crime has been committed, that's when civil government gets involved. They're not meant to be in the business of preventing crimes before they happen. Not their that's job. Why speed limits. Yeah. Speed limits. Very unbiblical and highly unconstitutional. Roads, for instance, not something the civil government should be involved in, okay? Not building roads, not education, not a lot of things that we take for granted in our American society. That we think we're some great free people, and we kind of are compared to everyone around us, but are we supposed to, and this goes into our own lives too, are we supposed to compare ourselves to the people around us? Is that our measure? No. Is that what we no. line up to? No. What do you think it is then? <laughs> what is meant to be our measure for all of life? Christ. Christ, the Bible, the mm -hmm. holy, inerrant, infallible word of God that does not change, that will not pass away. All of these things may pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. That is our foundation, should be our foundation. That is why we had such a free country the freest country we've had on earth for, I would argue, 20, 30, maybe you could say 50 years until the mid-1800s when government schools began. <laughs> I would say that for that short amount of time, we had a fantastic experiment and we've long since lost it because we stopped going back to the word of God as our ultimate standard. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. No, okay. Really. <laughs> just gonna leave yeah. that there. Okay. Yeah. Just let it resonate. Let, let it, it resonate. Resonate. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, go to trdshow.net. That is our show website. You can find a list of links to all the many platforms we're on. Send us an email at trdshow@protonmail.com. We'd love, love to hear from you. Follow us on Gab. Follow us on Getter. Um, and uh, if you'd like to see us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, let us know too. We're considering potentially creating accounts there, but um, we're not sure yet if we're going to do that. So 
If you're on those platforms and you would like to see us there as well, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com and we may consider it. Um, Thank you again, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.